Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. So glad that you're here. This is episode 14. That's right. And hopefully this is the last episode in the claustrophobic studio. Right. Well, I mean, give it some credit because we do have like an actual office. We space do have a space. Podcast. It's no longer in my basement. Right. But we're moving on. We're moving on to an amazing new space, downtown St. Paul. It's a cool kind of warehouse loft yeah. industrial yep. space. We're so, excited about that. Yeah, so I look forward to uh, sharing that with you guys, and you know, hopefully, we can do some actual video stuff once we're there. Right. You know, do some do some filming of us doing the podcast. More know, interactive, more maybe. interactive. We'll get. We're we're hoping to give more to you guys. Right. Um, so, and I will tell you, Chris, I'm just going to parlay right into it. So. Since we're thinking about moving down there, or will be moving down there, parking, you know, will be a little bit more of an issue. Yeah, not being way up here in the boonies. The first questions I told somebody, I'm like, "Hey, we're moving here." With the, right. they're like, um, "Are you going to park your 911 down there?" Right, and, and so that's a question mark. Who knows? We'll see. I will. I don't care. Yeah. Just, but I was thinking because I, it's much much closer to where I live. Much much I, farther for me. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, give and take. It's like a it's like an inverse. <laughs> it is it because is, yeah. right now you're fairly close. And, yep. But anyways, I was like, oh, you know, rather than dealing with parking. I should get a motorcycle again. That'd be so great. I just park it in the alley, chain it up, not have to worry about it. Well, the first it. thing you says, I really want a key to the freight elevator so I can bring it up to the, stu- <laughs> I to was the like, studio. I, you know, oh some God. of these movies where they like bring their motorcycle up to their apartment through the freight elevator. That's what I want to do every every week when we're recording. So that's uh, what I was looking forward to and thinking that maybe I uh, should get a motorcycle again because it's been a while since I've had one. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see why not. Well, except you just said you want to die before the show. <laughs> well, I so I don't think you're a big I just, I guess uh, that just goes here. to show my concern, my level of concern. Oh, thank you. You're so thoughtful. So what else has been going on with you, Chris? Um, basically, the only thing that's been going on with me is an extreme amount of cabin fever. I know. I'm the, done. The whole I'm cabin done. fever, spring fever. It was 50 fever. degrees the other day. I'm done. Did it get I'm to done. 50? It was 40-something. It 40 was 49. Oh, I'm really? rounding up. Okay. I'm rounding up. I didn't realize it got that warm. Yep. We were looking at the the new place that we're going to move into. Yep. It was beautiful outside. I had a hoodie on. The sun was shining on my body, warming me up, and I was just like, that's it. I'm done. I'm ready. I, I did I, see a motorcycle on the road on the way home from there, actually. That guy's too. retarded because it is. Oh, yeah. You were right behind me. You, I don't know if you saw him I as well. I didn't see him. Okay. That's really bad. That's, you know, yeah, that was a little much premature. Sand, too much, you know, there's a lot of crap out on the roads right now. I don't know that I would, I would be driving around on a motorcycle. No, I right don't now. think I would either. But I think that just goes to show that I think everyone else in the Midwest here totally has spring fever, cabin fever, whatever you want to call Absolutely. it at yeah. this point of the year. So usually it's about, um, Right about March. I'm thinking about two weeks early for cabin fever. Yeah, but it's been especially cold. It has. It's been especially cold, especially miserable, especially salty. Yeah. And I'm salty about how salty it's been. Well, it's funny. I've seen several posts on social media just kind of locally where we are here in the Twin Cities saying, like, what is Min not doing? The Minnesota Department of Transportation. Because there's just ridiculous amounts of salt piling up everywhere. Yeah, on my car. Well, not only that. I mean, you go to any, like, curb or anything, it's just crusty and... I, it's. I feel like I if it hasn't like a new been like this or something. in previous years. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, usually at March, March first, I start to start jonesing for it, and then April first, usually there's like a late March storm, mm-hmm. which allows me to you know, okay, the roads are washed off, I can take the car out, less sand. Right. Um, I was know. gonna say. So the the kind of philosophy being that you need to wait until it rains. The a big bit. storm. The big storm. Yep. Yeah, it's gotta to rain really several times. Wash all the roads clear of all the salt. Yeah, and it's got to be a pretty good rain. Yeah, which if there's any inclination or uh, if it's giving any inclination of how much 
snowy, snowy bad, bad. It's not going to rain for a while. You're so. going to be waiting until June or July until you get your car out. Yep. So it's going to be uh, it'll be April. Hopefully, I can take the 911 out early April, and I can put the summer wheels back on the sport wagon okay. in early April as well. Because I'm, I, it it just looks dumb oh, because you have the factory wheels. I have on the, the factory car. wheels, big tires on the lower car, and it looks dumb. And I'm just tired of it. I'm ready. <laughs> just please. You know, I always tell everybody, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's nice. You have the seasons. You have a contrast in your life. You can see right. the, the changing of the of – you can see so the year go by. Are you, are you saying you've just been lying to yourself this yeah, whole I'm time? I'm done. I'm done. That's bullshit. Yeah, I'm going to be miserable every winter for the rest of my life. What changed? Why do you feel like that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like – I'm outside. I'm old. old. And I'm old and crotchety. I'm bitter. I'm just – wandering around angry that it's cold i think you were done. born bitter though from what i know of you so it's just escalating <laughs> you might be right. yeah so it's only getting worse <laughs> hopefully it's not exponential your poor wife and kids yeah yeah jeez. <laughs> so that's that is an interesting question though you know if you live up here somewhere where you need to put snow tires on or if you're you know it's such a minority of people that ever do that anyways right I feel well like not many people run snow tires unless you have like a dedicated winter or well, summer a lot of, performance. Well, if you go to a, like Samaritan Tire over in Minnetonka, they've got racks where they store people's summer wheels for them. So people are still so doing they still it. do it. Yeah, they still but do it. So what kind of bike do you want? What is, what's the what's you the want goal? to go back to the motorcycle? Yeah, thing? I'm wondering what you want. I'm really jonesing for a Buell XB nine or twelve. Right. You don't now. want something that you actually want to work on. Like so it's either older? that or it's a Yamaha six XS six fifty that I do a bobber hardtail. That sounds more fun. Yeah. It does. Warrant, warranties and new bikes are for no. It's I it's wouldn't get a that new, new bike. But no, I, I'm you know looking at I mean. a 2012. If it has fuel injection, right it's too new. It does have fuel injection. Yeah, that's not no good. I no. know. I, I'm I I'm looking at both of them right now. I don't know which I'll go with or right. if I'll go with any of this because really this was like a harebrained scheme that came up today. Maybe we can talk to landlording and getting you a key for the freight, for the freight elevator, elevator so you can store your motorcycle. Tell them it's worth like $200,000 right. and it needs to be stored inside. Give them some bullshit story. You know what else we could do is I do have an old Honda CB120 Dream sitting in my garage that we should put up in the loft just as like decoration regardless. What do you mean up? You're like pointing at the wall. I don't know. You mean like I'm, imagining, it on the wall? Yeah, I'm imagining like it's hanging from the ceiling. Okay. Yeah, let's we'll do that. We'll just hang it by the electrical conduit that's going across the ceiling. <laughs> see how that works out. So, so to, you tried to. We met the other day, and while we were having lunch, you were talking to some guy that was going to buy your. Uh, well, yeah. So I'm still, you know, I have the MG listed for sale because my whole thought was when I sold the it's 911 been listed for sale since we started the podcast. Right. Yeah. No. Even it, before that. Right. I listed it in fall. Have and, you driven it since you? Drifted it into a curb. No, I haven't. It's still sitting <laughs> in my garage. Okay. <laughs> have you gotten an alignment on it since you drifted no, it? I haven't. Okay. I haven't touched it because I have so much other stuff going on. So, but anyways, yeah, the whole thought process was in fall when I sold the 911. I was like, I'm gonna sell the MG and then I'll get something to kind of consolidate both of those interests, being like something small and fun, but still powerful or not powerful, but fast. Sure. So that's where the Lotus came to mind. Yep. And how you say it's the fancy Miata or the more expensive British Miata. Well, yeah. with your filleting of Miatas all the time, it's only natural that you would get a Lotus. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, the next progression. Yeah. But at any rate, so, but now the more I'm thinking about it, I was like, ah, we spend a lot of money elsewhere in my life. Do I just keep the MG and like wrench on it? Because it is a lot of fun to just drive around in. But it's not by any stretch of the imagination a freeway car. It's not good for anything except fun. Right. Like it's, it's not usable. Right. And that's what I struggle with is I don't really ever drive it. 
And what I, does your bride think of that thing? Does she, she have she ridden in it? Oh yeah, yeah. She can take it or leave it. Okay, she doesn't care. No, she doesn't care. She didn't like. Does she drive it? Uh, she's driven it a couple times. Oh, I don't think she go? cares too. No, she's fine. I mean, she's a good driver, and we don't own an automatic car, so like, she has no problem with a clutch and a stick. Right. So, but yeah, I the, you got to the the point of it where it's not as usable as like some other fun car you could have. Like you could just have just as much fun in something else, right? And also be able to do anything, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're not anything limited at all by the fact that yeah, it's an older car that. Sure, and the wiring short. harness is literally—is that a Lucas wiring? <laughs> oh, of harness? course it's Lucas. Yeah, so it's literally—it's it's melting every it's a mile perfect, that you drive. It's an example of entropy. Just—I mean, it's just there, <laughs> just degrading, just yep, waiting to break, degrading quickly. There's the the joke with any like old British car that uses these Lucas electronics that they smoke because you know wires get shorted out and everything else, and They're you can buy junk. replacement Lucas smoke in a yeah, bottle yeah. for your wiring harness just because the smoke escaped. Yeah. So has anybody come to look at this thing yet? Um, yeah, I've had a few people come look at it, hence the the crashing it when I was. Well, what about? <laughs> I was just trying to get you to talk about when we were <sighs> yeah so at, the, at I, dinner the other day. I I was salty the other day too. I think just I have no patience for people that like just waste your time with something for sale. Right. And so there's been a couple of people that message me on Facebook Messenger, and I still think of Facebook um, Marketplace. As basically like a joke. Like, I don't know why I just don't take it seriously. Sure. I feel like it's worse than Craigslist. That's where I, that's where I sold. It's not worse than Craigslist. It's better because you can it's see exactly who it is. See. That's true. There's there's some accountability. Even what, you know what I don't like about it is you can say like, oh, I'm interested in this item. And it automatically sends like a canned message that says such and such is interested in this item. Well, it's better than getting a I'm interested in this item. Please yeah, let me I, go I to like Western Union and send this check to Nigeria. Yeah, but at least those you know right away. Okay, that's just spam, whatever. But it's like all these, like we'll talk about, high school kids that are like scrolling through marketplace and that's a cool car. I'm interested. Hit the button. Like, like like they're liking it. Yeah, right? it's literally like a like on your for sale yeah. post. Okay. Which, I don't know, that drove me nuts. So I had uh, this one guy who messaged me like this canned response where he... I don't know how into it I want to get, but he was pissing me off, and I kind of trolled him a bit. Well, the problem is, is that he he wanted to negotiate right away, and that's, that's my right. That's, that's the my other biggest issue. pet peeve. He goes, "Oh yeah, well, can we negotiate on this vehicle?" Like that it was, was very that was how he introduced himself. Yeah, and that's I you know I get phone calls. I saw a lot of stuff on Craigslist. Right. Whatever, go through cars a lot. Whatever, and it's always, "Will you negotiate? What's the lowest you can go?" And I always say, "Well, what's the most you're willing to pay?" Right, you know that's all right my response. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's just it's rude to be like I. You have no idea what this is. Even you need to come look at something right. before you can negotiate. What Otherwise, if, I don't what if think we agree you're on a price interested. And you come over and you've never seen the right side of the car where the door's been smashed in. I, it doesn't. I never even thought about it that way. You should say like, "Oh yeah, I'll do such and such. Come on over." Yeah, put a deposit down. Let's go. Exactly. I, it's the just, thing is, is that I always say I don't negotiate over the phone. I don't negotiate over messenger. I'm happy to negotiate in person. The price is not firm, but you need to come take a look. I feel like that should be a given. Like, isn't that common sense when you sell something like no. person to person? No. Why not? Every I, time I've ever bought anything like on Craigslist or just like any person to person sale, not through a dealer or a store or something, that's always how I assume it's going to go. But people are retarded. I don't know what it is. Are people just not experienced in I think that there's like a is there a different expectation now? No, I think that there's um there's a different expectation, but it's also because you're 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 uh 
you're digressed from the situation a little bit. So you're you're just sending somebody a message on it's Facebook. It's the anonymity. It's really, it's really right? in, well, it's not anonymous because you can see who they are. No, but, but it's, it's really still... in, it's, it's informal, and because it's informal, yeah. they feel that they can kind of eh, be nonchalant about it. Or my my thing that I hate is. People that don't take ads down when the thing is sold. Oh, yes. I hate that. I, I like, just went through Oh, that sorry, I forgot too. to pull the ad down. Blah, blah. Okay, guy, whatever. I've seen that ad up forever. You could have just taken exactly. it down. Um, it's people that try to negotiate over the phone. Um, it's people that, you know, one thing I hate is where it's like, dude, I'll give you 600 bucks cash. Yeah. If I was going to take like 600 bucks in like Ethereum or Bitcoin or something instead. Right. No, yes, like, What is the alternative to There's cash? There's no alternative. No. It's not like you're going to bring me bushels of wheat from your dad or there something you go. like that. It's, barter for chickens or something. Barter. Yeah. <laughs> bring, me some, bring me like 275 large eggs yeah. and we'll, uh, we'll get this deal done. Yeah. But, no, I... We opened up a can of worms here. I didn't think we were gonna go down this <laughs> this rabbit hole, so to speak. But we should we should kind of call in our listeners. Like, tell us your worst story of like buying something on Craigslist or maybe Facebook Messenger or something sure, to that sure. effect. Because I'm sure everyone has these stories. Just dealing with these. Yeah, weird let us know what you let us know what you come up with. If you were selling something or buying something, either way. So we'll we'll leave that there i think uh, on that now. note let's uh let's go for uh, one of our sponsors here let's talk about sei performance a little bit and and get that out of the way right away south central imports is a local minneapolis minnesota based shop with over 40 years of experience they've been in business since 1976 focusing exclusively on volkswagen and audi whether they're new or old they're an authorized revo software dealer and have the integrity honesty and transparency so you'll always know what work is being done to your car and why they strive to change the worldview of technicians and mechanics one customer at a time. You can find them on Facebook at SCI Performance or by calling 612-722-8897. All right. Um, I also wanted to touch on, if you're a follower of Euroworks and the podcast, you probably saw somebody post up an Alpha GTV6 project. Right. And I was like, well, I don't want that is like a car like with parts so, well you they, have the to parts explain were, it this is a this was listed for sale but it's very rough it literally looked no like, it wasn't rough it was clean but it was there okay, was no I rust used the wrong word so it's, it's basically yeah like with a bare parts, shell with parts everywhere the, the ad said shell it. yep and yep. there's like parts falling out like you, it's a you know, there's one picture yeah and it's from the rear three-quarter and there's parts like falling Stacked out of, like just falling out of the windows right but and it's 500 bucks so i'm like okay so it's dirt cheap it's a clean shell the like first he, thing i did is i went to google images okay and i'm like let me see pictures of this right. thing. off the top of my head i didn't remember exactly what it looked like so i i'm like oh i mean I yeah remember that thing i remember those these alpha gtv6s are cool they're and it's cool. the v6 well they're only smaller... like it's all, let's not get excited about a v6 it's only like 160 horsepower yeah but still it sounds better than a four-cylinder it yeah is probably faster than I don't know if they made Alpha made like a GT non V6 or if that was the only model for that platform, right. but at any rate, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. different. And then and I love really weird wacky cars that you're not going to see everywhere. So this right. fits the bill. It does. And the another guy chimed in. Oh, I've got a parts car that I'll also sell you. And then some other guy because there's no drivetrain. Some other okay. guy goes. Oh, it was actually Mike from one of our previous podcasts. Oh right? yeah. Okay. He was like, oh. We've got a, a 2.5 uh, Milano drivetrain that I could sell with it. And I'm like, holy shit. It's all lining up. It's all lining up. The stars are coming together. And I'm like, I don't I don't have room <laughs> right now. Because I just you don't. really don't have a project car. I don't. And I, you have is, the 911 and you have your kind of fleet of daily drivers. I, had, I probably had a project car or something I was working on from like 1997 until 2012. 
Probably. Yeah, it's just always been a fixture. There's always been something. something. There's always been something I was working shot. on. Always something going on. And this was the first time that that didn't exist. So I was right. like, I really missed having that in my life, going out in the garage. It's like I've maybe I'll play video games or watch TV or hang out with the kids or whatever the case may be. It isn't wrenching in the garage, which I really, really miss. So I was like, oh, my God, I really want this thing. It's probably still there. Yeah. But got to get the garage cleaned so I'm, out. I'm bringing this conversation kind of larger scale as I'm thinking about this. Do you think that's a commentary on, like, you're at the point in your life not, where you're not young enough to just be a grease monkey out in the garage in your spare time, but you're not old enough to have, like, you know, the kids away at school and have the time and kind of extra resources I have the to time. have a project I have hard. the time. You I do. do have time. You're self-employed. I have the time. I could do it. But I think... Is it just you don't have the interest back, back when I had, kids I right had now? To. No, back in the day, I had to. It had to be a project because that's all I could That's all I could afford. Right. That right. was the it's, only outlet the only out, your... I could see only... I had to get the car running. Hobby. I had yeah. to get... like I had to. Now the car I have is the car I really want, and it, I've already fixed everything. It was already a project. Are, are you bored of your dream car now? I didn't say that. I'm just no, saying I'm that... Just, Posing the question because it's interesting. Sometimes I, I've you kind of. You have the car you want. You have the car you want where you want it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, as far as the project, you've done the engine build, you've done everything else. It's kind of as far as you might want to take it at the current moment. So, yeah, it's an interesting thought. Like, do you need another? There's a lot now? of other stuff I can do to the car. I need to redo the suspension. Yeah, I but need a lot of it is cost prohibitive, you mentioned as well. It is. It, it's or expensive. not as, you know, it, it's there's something more fun about having a really cheap project car. Because it's because you, if you break something, it doesn't matter. Right. You can just you fuck don't it up need and to worry about it. Oh, I just blazed through that panel with the with the welder. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> Whereas if I do that on this car, I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah. You know, it's game went. over. However yeah. many thousands of dollars. So I've I've been kind of like eyeballing Mark One projects. Every time I okay. see one come up, I'm like, ooh. You've always been a Mark One Volkswagen guy. That was it. That was my first so these, car, the like 1997. Rabbits. You had yep. a bunch of the caddies, which were the pickups. I've probably had 15 or 20 Mark Ones at this wow. point. Wow. So I've had a lot. They've come and gone, and I just I know them way better than I know Porsche. Yeah. So I w- I would like to get into one again, but I'm just not. Do you find any clean ones for sale still up here? No. So we'd have to road trip down to like we Texas have to go somewhere. Yeah, I have to go somewhere. Nevada. Get it. I mean, we maybe we should fly out and go buy one somewhere. Maybe I don't know. Maybe who knows? I'd like to, but we'll do if, like if a the right thing came up on the road, go getting a on car from Arizona or something. I, I'd like to do it. I'm just not ready. The garage isn't ready. Well, it's, I was going to say, do you have an extra stall or you have space for it? I have a three-car garage, and the only thing that's in is my 911, and I've got no space for anything else because there's my wife's T-shirt company shit was in there, and it's still oh. there, and we just had the house rented out for this Airbnb thing, so there's all kinds of crap from the house in there. It's just I'm I'm not ready. So you're not one of these guys that's meticulous about always keeping your cars in the garage, aside from the 911. I don't. I specifically don't bring my cars in the garage because I don't want them to rust. I'd so rather leave them out in the this cold. In a previous episode, so your theory is if it's always it's not cold a theory, and it's they don't chemistry. thaw, you your car won't rust. Without water and moisture, they don't rust. I I this is a surprise to me because I'd never heard anyone lay this it's, out or explain this to me. Absolutely fact. I mean, that's if you leave your car out in the cold, it's gonna, not going to rust as fast. I'm going to fact check you. Do it. Absolutely. I, I challenge you to do it. It's a, yeah, it's a, I don't, I don't, I've talked to a, you. I've, I just don't. I've talked to a chemist with a master's degree in chemistry and he told me that I'm right. about this? Yeah. I told oh, really? Him, no. Okay. No. Oh, but okay. I, <laughs> you but, had me going. <laughs> but that's how sure I am that I'm right. 
Um, so um, we're going to have another uh, segment added to the podcast this week. Okay. And we're going to talk about etiquette. So that's going to be driving a etiquette. driving this etiquette. This isn't like how to set your dinner table. No, no. <laughs> and at the, and we're also going to do um, what I really want to do, and I want to kind of solicit the listeners, is I want to start having a regular car guy on the show every once in a while. Okay. Um, I don't care if you've got a great project. I don't care if you've got a 911 or a Ferrari or a Golf. It doesn't matter. I want to have you guys in here, and I want to talk to you about what you think about car culture, what's going on, and everything like that. Really, kind of get try and get the pulse on just the regular car guy. Right. So every once and in a while, I want to see about having too. that. Too. We'll talk yeah, to a Mustang absolutely. guy. We'll talk to a BMW guy. Maybe we'll I can learn to... something. You know? That'd oh be yeah. Great. I don't know if you have much left to learn, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks. Maybe not. So uh, I want to get into a little bit of news. Yeah, there's been a few stories here since last week. Um, so the first one we have here is Porsche is doubling its investment in electric cars. And I'll let you go over this. Yeah, I've got the, the article right here. Um, this is hat tip to Jalopnik. Um, in particular, Porsche plans to spend... I'm kind of jumping into the article a little bit, getting rid of we some understand. of the fluff. In particular, Porsche plans to spend around $620 million for the development of variants of its fully electric Mission E sports car. We've talked about this car before. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like kind of an outlier, something Porsche was kind of like playing with. Right. When I first heard about it, I thought it was just a concept car. I didn't realize you right. know, that they that were so, like it was in planning phase. This is real. So yeah. um, according to Business Insider, as previously noted, the car is expected to have somewhere close to 670 horsepower, one of three grades under consideration. Porsche's investment is just the latest play by traditional luxury and performance brand to come up with a true rival for automotive wing of Elon Musk's business empire. Porsche's additional $3.7 billion investment will be allocated to multiple development programs already underway. This includes $620 million for the development of Mission E, Another $1.2 billion will go towards the hybrid. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped this. $620 million for Mission, e, Mission mm -hmm. E and its derivative model. What's the derivative model? It doesn't say. I have a little question mark written here. I'm like, what's the derivative model? Are um, they just talking about the different like trim levels, basically, of it? Yeah, we talked I'm not about sure. that before, too. Language is important. It should say derivative models, if that's the case. Yeah. Anyway, another $1.2 billion will go towards the hybridization that's a new word. I've never seen that word before. Yeah, hybridization. Hybrid, hybridization and the electrification of Porsche's existing internal combustion models. And AKA 911. 911, Cayman, Cayenne. Boxster. Everything else. Macan. Yep. I want a Macan. And you do eight, want a Macan? I would love one. $868 million will be used to expand facilities, while another $868 million will go towards the development of changing infrastructure. The massive investment is, char is charging... The massive investment in charging infrastructure is a big deal if Porsche wants to catch right. up to the likes of Tesla's supercharger network. That's been the key separator for Tesla from almost everybody is so they've got I, the supercharger network. Why don't they make this technology universal? Who? Tesla? Well, just I didn't realize that it was brand specific. Why would they? I guess. I mean, Tesla's the, the thing that they've got going for them now is they're the only one doing any of this. Right. They're not going to. I never, I mean, it makes sense, but I guess I never realized. They're that probably, as time goes along, there probably will be a developed they're standard. They're going to need to make a standard. Either that or you. No, there has to be a standard because we have like one of those electric plugins. I think maybe they're, they're, maybe they're talking about like, uh, they're talking about like Tesla supercharging station knows it's a Tesla and it knows how to manage its batteries and can charge it faster. I'm Must curious about this now because I know you can just find them like downtown. You can plug in your electric car to like a public. I doubt that's like a facility. fast charge because they're specifically talking about the supercharger. Well, I wonder station. if it's the same plug, but it just has the better charging I, capacity. I maybe? bet it's not because it's the super. Tesla. It's the supercharge thing. 
Yeah, I know that's which the is brand like brand name for it. But well, this Tesla supercharger is the one that charges it up fast. Okay, like twenty minutes or whatever. It I is. guess I'm just curious: is that proprietary in the actual hardware? Like, if you can plug it in differently? I have no idea. Anyway, we'll find continue. out. Continue. Uh, Porsche comes out with a one-two punch of an actual competitor to the Model S. One-two punch being the car and the the technology for the infrastructure and the plugs and stuff oh, like right. that. Oh, right. And a charging network to support it that could present a serious problem for Tesla. Now, I don't really care about Porsche doing this. Okay. What is really important in the industry is <laughs> Porsche shares with Volkswagen. And Volkswagen, as we discussed last week, is the basically the biggest car maker in the world. Right. So we have Porsche d- d- designing this. With basically the big brother of Volkswagen looking over. Actually, I think Porsche owns Volkswagen now. It does. They it were going to try to so, do the takeover the other way, and then they backfired. Yeah. And- anyway, so this is all going to be uh, shared. So pretty soon. Oh, yeah. That's, it's that all joint be, technology. That should scare the shit out of Tesla. Well, I'm sure it does. We talked about that. Yes, they're the innovator, but they don't have the resources to. Or it's not even the resources, because we think know they the- have money. They don't have the manufacturing expertise, the quality that we've talked about previously. They don't. To compete when these other more mainstay manufacturers With come up to speed. Years and decades and decades exactly. of experience and you And know, I'm sorry to tooling. say, but what sets Tesla apart is like the software, the innovation that can all be reprogrammed and copied and, yep. you know, by all these it's other not, manufacturers. None of that stuff is unique. And the only reason, my theory is that all the manufacturers are just waiting to see. They're just letting them develop. They're just letting them do it. Well, not and, only in the, that, and in the dark rooms behind closed doors, that stuff like the Mission E is being developed. I was yes, I was going to say also these other manufacturers that are kind of the uh, we'll call them the old school manufacturers of cars. They have such a longer product development cycle, which for better or worse, it gets what will be a there's higher a, quality it's car. It's a bureaucratic nightmare. Is it what is what you're saying. Yeah, right. It's they're not the quick but that's why everything innovators. that comes out is nice. Typically, right. well, even they, a, they have even a, a day longer is like nice car. Yep, they have a longer R&D cycle. They have yep. a longer quality control cycle. Last paragraph here. Um, as business as business insider, and this is crazy to me, how much do you think the Mission E is supposed to cost? I know we read it before, and it wasn't as much as I thought it was. So the Model S is has a starting MSRP of $74,500. See, shit. I always thought this was going to be like their Halo car. You know what I mean? This Super is the, so there's, that's why there's three different... Versions. Yeah, and we talked so, about there's the Carrera, which I didn't like. They're using that name naming, yep. You know, uh, nomenclature. Carrera, Carrera. So S, Model X and is like a hundred fifty thousand dollars, right, or something like that. Model X is the SUV. Yeah, it's like one hundred fifty grand. Okay. I Model mean, S. How much is the Model Three? There's Model no, Three starts at forty, I think, is what they're there's saying. There's no, I don't know. No, I agree. It's. These, it's going to be a Porsche huge and Volkswagen Group are going to destroy. It's going to be a huge competitor. It's going to yeah. destroy them. I don't. It's it's over. <laughs> it's over. I mean, so when is that coming out? Um, Do we 20, have? I think it was 2020 is when they're slated to have stuff really? come out, which is not that far away. No, it's not. So anyway, that's it. So next story here, and I'm gonna I'll I'll read this one and I'll let you comment in as well. Okay. So if you guys were watching, well, if uh, most of everyone was watching the Super Bowl a right. few weeks ago, and Jeep had what I thought was a really cool advertisement. It was called the, uh, what they had the name for the ad, the Anti-Manifesto. So basically, it was a very quiet commercial of a Jeep going down, fording a river, and coming out. And I thought it was a cool commercial. It was kind of... It was actually filmed by, I think, Jeff Zwart, who's a big Porsche okay. guy. Yeah, oh, he's a yeah. big, big Porsche guy. I think he's That's the one that actually produced I didn't, that film. I didn't honestly read this article. I didn't look into it. But what I did read is the fact that 
Jeep then got a complaint from who was it for? Now, let's be clear. What they did is they took this Jeep, yep. drove it through a babbling brook yep. in the wilderness. Right. And, I mean, it was super Jeep. I mean, it was even my wife was like, can they do that? Like, she didn't. I mean, it was what it, the Jeep did in the commercial was pretty impressive. You know, for oh, yeah. fjording the river or whatever. Right, because it was a deep it. river. You yep. went down. It was cool. It was impressive to was see. Great. And it wasn't them, like, shouting, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm trying to remember there was a voiceover, and they basically said, like, some people show their trucks doing, like, the best they can or super clean and high performance, and they said, and we just show what they can do or something right. to that effect. Yep. And I'm trying to find the, the, the letter here. I have it pulled up. Right now. So Jeep, after this, got a complaint. And this is just goes to the ridiculousness that yes. that, that people are just... People love reaching to be a victim. They love being victimized, and they like other people to be victimized so that they can be the white knight for that person. And, and that's what this is. Too. This guy is trying to save yeah. something. Everybody so, wants to be a savior. So there's this guy, and I'll, I'll say his name, Sean Morgan, sent this letter to... Jeep, or was actually the chairman and CEO of Chrysler, who owns Jeep, and his, I guess, organization is Trout Unlimited. I don't know if that's a local organization or not. And Sounds he says, like a place where you go to get fly fishing gear. Yeah, it does. I know. <laughs> or like, yeah, some some other unlimited. Anyways, so he goes on, and I don't know if I want to read this whole letter, but he's basically like, I always admire Jeeps. I love it. You know, I'm an outdoorsman. Blah blah blah. But he gets pissed off because he's saying how. The Jeep showing going through this river is hurting the fish. It's hurting the fish. He's it, well, it's it's under the premise of it's not that this particular Jeep was hurting the fish. It's no, that but he's saying, well, now you're everybody's gonna promoting see this and everyone's gonna go through these rivers. They're and all driving everybody's driving through rivers. All the fish. All the fish are dead. It's just it it sounds ridiculous and it well, makes read, us read the scoff. part where he talks about his son. Okay. Which is So upon seeing your ad, my eight year old son asked, Dad, isn't that really bad for the stream? Why would my son, seven or eight years from getting his driver's license, know that driving right up the middle of a healthy waterway is harmful to fish? My guess is probably because this guy has been beating his kid over the head with the, the encyclopedia of green crap for the, his entire life. Oh, I'm sure he does. If he's you know? the, the CEO or whatever. He probably eats breakfast out of a solar panel. It's just, <laughs> it's just the guy. That would be wasteful, Chris. It would Somehow. Yeah. No, so it's just we scoff at it. Because it's like, why is this the battle that someone picked to fight with Jeep? You know what I mean? Why do some people get so impassioned the about guy, such literally, stupid He has nothing else to do. Things. He doesn't have anything else to do. I, there's just so many other the guy is just sitting more there. serious things He's sitting there tackle, at his desk. He's right? like, I can't wait for somebody to fuck up so I can write him a letter. Yeah, That's probably. what that guy's doing. And, you know, we, we try not to be too political here, but there are a hell of a lot of bigger issues in the world. <laughs> Than a few jeeps running through streams, which it's not like he's blowing up the stream or anything, like or damming the stream. I'm sure that's worse for fish, anyways, than driving through it momentarily. Right, what if a big tree falls on the stream? Yeah, that's got to be worse. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, that that was uh, your ridiculous story for the time. Um, so I was I was surfing around. Um, <laughs> just I don't remember. Someone showed this to me. I think it yep. was uh, no. So one what of it was? Listeners. Yeah. So I think this is actually on the Overcrest Facebook page. You proposed something like, was it a road trip? Oh yeah, vehicle? it was a road trip. No, it was a picture of a beautiful road. Oh, yeah, it was a vista out in the wilderness, this cool twisty road. And you just posed the question, or we posed what the question. What would you What would you drive? Pick your vehicle. And of course, you chose, or you chose to come to the defense of the guy that chose the Miata. Even I thought though it was hilarious because, but it is the most you got ridiculous. So fired thing. up. But yeah, of course, nobody's gonna look back thirty years saying that they drove 
let's just use let's for example use the Nurburgring okay. for example. Right. Let's say you can drive anything you want on the Nurburgring. New, old, no budget constraints, nothing. Right. You drive whatever you want, anything, no, <laughs> nothing, anything, no rules. Okay, yeah, no rules. Nobody in their right mind is going to look back in thirty years and go. I remember when I drove on the Nurburgring in a Miata. That was amazing. <laughs> that guy's going to go, fuck, why did I pick a Miata to drive on the Nurburgring? You get so fired up for this hypothetical question. I would say the same thing choices. if the guy chose, if the guy was like, I really want to drive a GTI. I mean, No, absolutely not. You do not choose a yeah. Miata or a GTI. You were trying to get more aspirational, we'll Yes, say. let's let's put our thinking caps on. <laughs> let's, let's, yeah, let's be aspirational. Well, you let's know, choose. Chris, we didn't know there was all these stipulations for this There were none. There were no stipulations. It was <laughs> but, wide open. Yeah, but you're still going to disagree. Yes, because there was no rules. You could pick anything you wanted. I and think I, he did it tongue in cheek because we he, tease he about the Miatas. He and probably it did. is working. And he, of course, it? he says, Look at that smile. How can you not? How can you not? Yeah, it's the happiest car. I wonder if that guy lets every cat in that comes and crawls, scratches on the door. Oh, look how cute this cat is. Come on Wouldn't in. Wouldn't you? Oh, we would. Anyway, so I saw um, one of the guys posted, uh, it was Matt. He posted a link to eBay, and lo and behold, <laughs> you click the link, and it is the original Dumb and Dumber minibike. Right. This is when their stupid van. When did the movie come out? Oh, I don't know. Probably like 1995 or 94, somewhere. Right. In there. It's been a so while. So hopefully most people still know what we're talking about with this movie. If you haven't seen Dumb and Dumber, you, you have to. It is a classic. A it is. Yeah. It is. It based. Did it launch? No, The Mask was what launched Jim Carrey's Jim Carrey. Yeah. yeah, I think it might have been The Mask. I don't remember. Anyway, the mask and then Ace rate, Ventura yeah, classic and then this. Jimmy Jim, uh, Jimmy Carrey. Jim Carrey. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy. I call him Jimmy. So in this movie, their car breaks down and they have to they finally they buy a scooter. They're like Muppet van. The or Muppet, not the Muppet van. No, the, he, he, the Muttmobile. The Muttmobile. He drives, it's got big ears. It breaks down. And then he has to, I don't remember what he trades for the scooter, but he he basically buys the scooter from somebody because he's trying no, to take he said, Yeah, I went to town there and I traded the van for this mini bike, man. That's right, because they're trying to take the briefcase yep, back to Colorado. To, to Colorado for Mrs. Sampsonite. <laughs> Samsonite. I was way off. I was way off. So but hey, what's funny you too. You want to hear is, the most annoying noise in the world? Sure. I can't do it. My listeners, <laughs> our, our listeners would, would hate me. Um, anyway, so this mini bike's up there, and 10% so, of the prof proceeds go to charity. And as of now, or as of earlier today, it's at $35,000 for the shittiest motor, oh, yeah, little it, motorbike it's, it's scooter thing you've ever a seen. It's great thing, but it's, it's the one used in the film. It says, of the two original bikes, one was gifted to Planet Hollywood. Lame. And yeah. this one was given to the transportation coordinator from the film. Um, he acquired the, dr the bike directly from that guy. The helmet bag and briefcase pictured with the bike are not movie originals, but they will be included with the bike. <laughs> How cool is that? You could wear the goggles and the helmet and everything, <laughs> and have the Samsonite. Literally, I, I this this is this is better than a Miata. It's it's more entertaining. The, the story, it, the story yeah. behind this. No, is, oh yeah, no one's gonna disagree. I wonder with if that. you'd have to pee, your, piss your pants, or pee yourself if you drove this <laughs> and thing. Have the, like, Just, the, the snot, snot like down going down your face. Oh, that's warm. <laughs> Oh, that's disgusting. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, so that's always fun. Um, next up, we have some... Do you want to talk about your etiquette? Thing, yeah, let's get to that. Or should we get into that so later? This, this I picked, um, and this is this is the number one thing, almost the number one thing for me. Mm -hmm. Number two. Number one is, we'll talk about it another time, but number two is the metering for lights. Do other states have this? Yeah. Because I, I think don't, this is a na national thing at no, least. No, Wisconsin doesn't have this, I don't think. I've never seen metering lights in Milwaukee. I'm trying to think now. 
I swear there's there's other states that have it, but I don't think it's every state. Okay. So what? Tell me what the difference is between. I'll get to the etiquette part in a minute. Okay. But tell me what the difference is between sitting at a fucking stoplight, right, or sitting on the interstate. What's the difference? I know, and so yeah, I mean the whole. I guess theory is it meters people coming in the on-ramp so it's easier to merge with that right-hand lane of traffic. Okay, but it's not really speeding anything up, Well, here's the thing. So, yeah, if it's bumper-to-bumper traffic, then it's the same. It doesn't matter. Then it doesn't matter. I would agree with that. But when you have, like, full but good rate of flow of traffic... What will happen if you have all these people coming in at the same time? You'll back up the right hand. But they lane. don't. When when there's when there's a high flow of traffic and it's moving at 30, 40, 50 miles an hour, there's nobody at the meters because right. it's not as busy. Right. So you're saying so you would never get this. Backup. You would never get the backup in the first place. And my etiquette I do, point, I do agree. It's dangerous if you've ever been in traffic where like the right lane is like stopped completely and everyone else is whizzing past at sixty miles an hour. Yeah. That's because people try to jet in and out. So that is dangerous. So I can get them trying to prevent that. But I agree, it's such a limited scenario, maybe, where that becomes an issue that this would somehow fix. I feel like it actually slows me down. So my here, I get to the I'm etiquette sure it point. slows you down because so you're the, waiting in line. Exactly. No, I don't want to wait for anything. Greater good here, Chris. No, no, it's all no, about it's me. all about you. Okay. So, so you've got the traffic is is going like 50 miles an hour or whatever. Okay. Let's say the metering runs from three to six, okay, sure. and it's yeah. like 558, 550. And there's nobody out, on, nobody there. You're driving yeah. around, and you, you you don't expect it to be metered because traffic is fine. You right. know, it's rush hours over with. And lo and behold, it's metered. And you're driving behind somebody, and that f- that, <laughs> that that idiot, nice gentleman, that who's nice following gentleman, the stops. letter of the law, he stops. Yeah, he stops. There's it. It goes green, red, green, red, green, red. Right. It goes back and right. forth. I usually just swerve over into the yeah, lane. Yeah, you that's can swerve turn over and, and do that. This guy. Will stop, and this God is a guy. There's a guy him. that does this. God There's a guy that stops. Chris. Don't do that. <laughs> do not do that. Stop stopping. Do illegal stuff. Is my point. What if there's a cop behind you? I would still go. Do you think he'd pull you over? No, I don't think he would pull me over because think about how much less safe it is to stop there than it is to continue going. That's the expected behavior, though. It is. So I don't think it's the expected it's, behavior it's is not to stop. The expected behavior is to go. The legal expected behavior is to stop there. Nobody stops. It's the guy that stops. Okay, here's a better question. Would the cop stop? I don't know. Maybe. Because it is technically, that's the law. It is technically the law. It, it, it is. So I, I agree with you, but I'm playing devil's advocate here. So you brought up a scenario which is almost Never gonna non-existent. Happen. Right. So Well, I think it's just, how about we use common sense when driving? Maybe that should be our general yeah. theme here. Yeah, that'll be, that'll probably will be yeah. is to use common sense is going to be the general theme for sure. But don't be the guy that stops. You don't need to stop. Just go. Yep. And I'll even go when the, when the guy is next to me's light turns green. I'll just go with him. I oh, don't I even hate care. you for that. I'll just go. I'll just go. When there's lines of cars behind you? Yeah, I just go. Oh, fuck you. What? Nope. Who cares? I hate you. Not your damn turn, Chris. The rest of us waited here. You're going to wait, too. No, I go. I just leave. Either that or if I have my truck and it takes too long, I just drive over the median and drive up the carpool lane. That's highly illegal. It is. I've There are cops at, there's one entrance right by where I office down in Bloomington, and they'll sit down at the end of the carpool lane so you can't see them. But anyone that goes by, they'll just watch. And if you don't have someone in your car, they'll pull No, no, I'm, I'm just talking about the actual carpool lane itself. Of the metering, because you know the carpool lane, you just get to go. There's no light, right? You but usually, yeah, like you said, there's a median there, and you have to go 
like a different entrance. Right. Path. Yeah. I'll just if it if it's taking too long, I'll just if I the curb if I pull, over. I just drive over the curb and go. I'm not. And I'm telling you that people who do that or take that lane in the first place, there are a lot of not a lot, but I've seen it many many times where they'll pull you over because of that. I have actually gotten pulled over for being in the carpool lane. I was in Jesse's Rabbit, okay, and they pulled me over. I was like, there was some guy. I don't remember what Mike's my, my some bullshit excuse. Basically, it was, you know, what are we trying? Why do we need the meter lane in the first place? So we have all so these you're guys here, like arguing with the cop about. <laughs> I was, yeah. So I'm like, why do we need? I actually told the lady this. I'm like, why? Look, I'm like, look at this. I'm, I'm pulled over. The carpool lanes to my right. We're pulled yeah. over left. I'm like, look at this. There's nobody in this lane. Nobody. Nobody's driving this lane. Next to that lane is absolute quagmire. World War Three traffic. Right. But there's nobody in the carpool lane. Why don't we ease the traffic on these other people to to allow the traffic to you know advance? What's the reason? Because as we said, in in theory, it's going to slow down the rest of the freeway. Then, no, no, it, it, absolutely. <laughs> if we if we let the people that are stuck, I, and in I don't these, know, I'm sure the reason, there is some the reason, reason, the reason is money. How do you figure? Because you have to pay to drive in the carpool lane. It's a, it's what is it called? It's uh oh the min pass. The min pass. You got to pay. Yeah, you got to pay to use that lane. Entrance like ramp. No, I'm talking. I'm specifically talking about being just on the freeway. Oh, I thought I you were still talking for, about the entrance where it's no, metered. And no, then I got have your I got separate. pulled over for being in that lane. Yeah, and I don't know. Did you, and you get off without a ticket? Huh? No, I got a ticket. Okay, yeah, yeah, well, I got a ticket. Right. I. It's just a fee. I consider that a fee. A fee of driving. A fee. How of much driving. is it? I don't know. It's like 170 bucks or something. Okay. I just. I'm like, okay, whatever. But, you know, it's it, I it's like taxes. You just pay it to use the road, right? I guess. I, I just it's stupid. I'm it's just no, open it, it up to everybody. Just add the yeah. lanes. Just have the lanes open. Anyway, I, I was going to say something else. I'm looking at the notes here because there was something else. I was reading these ahead of time and it got me fired up and I was saying you're an asshole. But I think there were a couple of times I called you an asshole. So we're good. Before our next segment, here's another word for one of our sponsors. Further Performance is a local Twin Cities-based automotive specialist that are in this business because they truly love European cars. Cars are their business, but driving really is their passion. Whether it's simple maintenance for your daily driver or a full engine build with massive power, the guys over at Further Performance are the ones to go to. They'll take care of you. You can find them at fptuned.com. That's F-P-T-U-N-E-D.com. I know what I was going to talk about. So we were on the way back from looking at this space yesterday, and we're going back to my place, and Chris is following me, and we come to, it's a double lane left turn with a light, and it was across, it was across like a four lane freeway. You should save this for the next etiquette. Okay. We'll talk about it another That'll time. That'll just be a teaser. You yeah, we'll just sa- we'll save it for another time. Um, <laughs> I wanted to get to a couple uh, questions that we got on Facebook today from some of our from our listeners. Yeah. Um, Nick says he's interested to hear our opinion on people who debadge their cars along with those who badge up on their cars. They don't technically have. Example yeah. being people who slap M badges or do M color themes on non M cars like a three series. So I think the debadging thing kind of started because a lot of cars in Europe don't have them. Okay. So they so but like the American cars would. I I thought it was just more like a clean lines that styling too, thing. That too. So I'm I'm okay with debadging. I agree. Just, I think just it's cool. the badges, especially if you know you you think it's cool. Yeah, your license plate is your badge, right? It's, so I don't need my badge. <laughs> <laughs> you think badges are so cool that you have it on your license plate? That's how cool you think badges are. 
and I've is, had it on like every single car of mine. The, the, I get a personalized. I'm sitting behind him at the light. Of the model it's, of the car. He he has an RS4. Yep. I'm looking. It says RS4 and his license plate RS4. Yeah. Just in case. Well, in case you didn't notice. In case you didn't notice that he's got an yeah. RS4. And or then a, my my Hummer is the H3T. Can you guess what that license plate is, Chris? I, what is it? What does it I, mean? It's H3T. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how much you love badges. I had an R32. Did it say R32? It did say R32. <laughs> what do you do when it's taken? It hasn't ever been, so no, I'm like, I have to take it. Maybe that should clue you in on whether it's a good idea or not. <laughs> yeah, the 911 I couldn't do because you need to have a letter in there. Ah, sure. So that one I did four liter. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Which was kind of cool. Sure. Well, I, I don't like it when they badge up. I think it's... Right, so... Because anybody, another... you're, anybody you're trying to impress is going to know that you're full of shit. Right. Well, another um, example of this besides, like, the M3 cars is Mustang guys. A lot of times they'll have the V6 Mustang and put the GT badge yeah, on yeah. it. And then you're looking at the exhaust like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that no. doesn't work. No, that's, I yeah. can, I'm also, I'm, like, listening. I'm like, yeah, right. no. Because the newer buddy. Mustangs all have dual exhaust now. Mm-hmm. So that's not your tip-off. Yep, that, but it's not you, quite as easy you anymore. You can tell still. Yeah, it's usually, like, the little 16-inch wheels and everything head. else. I, I'm trying to think of an analogy for what this is in you know a different world besides cars, but it it's just posing, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's like having a a fake coach purse. Yeah, I'd say it's it's almost worse than that though. Yeah, well, you're either way. You're trying to pretend you have something you don't. Right. You're trying to impress people. So when you have that uh, M3 badge on your 323i or whatever, right? Anybody that knows what it is is not I remember, not impressed. I remember years ago I was with a friend and we like were talking to some guy about his M5 and it was like oh, sweet car and we're walking away and my my friend goes, "You realize he put the M5 badge on the wrong side of the deck lid." <laughs> uh, never ceases. All right, uh, we've also got one and so another listener questioner submission. Yep, yeah, and I'm actually gonna uh, I might tease this out a little bit. Let me, you let me know if we th- you think we Do have. Do I time. know about this? I don't know. Let me know if you think we have time for this one. Okay. Um, Jasper wants to know if uh, what our take on the new car show styles and are people tracking cars enough? Personal opinions about what the car culture is today. I guess we can do that. Um, as, so that's a big question. It's just basically a commentary on car culture today. Right. And where it's going. Just in terms of car shows, what we've seen is, you know, probably in my world is Volkswagens, right? So I can mm-hmm. really speak to that. Is we used to have like Waterfest, Sowo. And we had these big landmark shows right. that were the same, or an H2O. Sorry, I didn't mean to say soul. I meant H2O. So they were the same every single year. You went, the expectations were XYZ, and you could go, right. you could compete, you could win, blah, blah, blah. Now everything is more about, oh, it's a lifestyle, and oh, you can go, and it's oh. And I think everything is kind of turning into like a, a get together and a, and a social, everything's a social. Right. Well, I would or argue a, it or always a, was. Or a gathering, of course, but now it's less, um, it's less about competing and more about gathering, which is good, but I really do miss the, the competition aspect of it. For me, it was I, never about like the awards. I don't No, but I like seeing the best of the best. I like yeah, seeing like, you want to, yes, so you're, that, that, that is, you miss seeing like the high quality that maybe that'll bring out. Exactly. And you're people don't care about that as much. I don't think they do. And I think that's part, partially the reason for that happening is you have, you have, let's say, take a golf seven R for example, okay. it's already got a million horsepower, right? You chip it. It's got 2 million horsepower. And if you pop the hood, there's really nothing <laughs> you can do. Plastic. You can't do anything, but yeah. put a cold air intake on it and then right. put air ride on the car. That's it. That's all you can do. Right. That's so all, cars, you, it's it's not, all you need it's to do. True. It's not as accessible to modify cars. And, it's not, and the older stuff is becoming um, harder to find. 
rust. Things right. parts are obsolete. That they're, they're not prohibitive. Yep, and and companies aren't um, they aren't existing to tune the cars anymore. You're saying there's no support for there's it. There's no support. So you're seeing that stuff kind of fade to the wayside, and which is too bad because like the craftsmanship of some of the cars that would win at Waterfest or H2O or some of these shows. Um, and this is purely European, because if you look at like yeah. back to the fifties or Carcraft Summer I was Nationals, talk about like the hot rod street. Rod but here's stuff. the deal: that so when you let's say you go to let's go to Poland or something, and you look at some of the okay. shows that they've got there, um, I can't remember the name of the uh, race. Uh, racism is a show in Europe. It's called R A C E. Yeah, but it's R A C E ism. Okay, so that's a different. It's a really high end show in Eastern Europe, like okay. Poland, and the, it kind of moves around, and it is the highest quality shit in the European stuff you've ever seen i mean it's so so high quality and but you have to keep in mind that their golf is our mustang right their beetles are our mustang our Camaro. so they have their cars we have ours so when you compare the european car scene here it the following isn't quite as good as as it would be over there but when you turn and you look at what they do with domestic cars here it's on par with what europe is doing with their uh, their cars that they've always had. Yeah, I see what you mean. I guess I don't go to enough different shows to really think about that. But I guess you're you're talking more like the street rods and yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I guess they're they're over the top. They're where, crazy. I mean, everything's right. shaved and everything's airbrushed and painted and the chrome right. and it's just That's they're out of this world builds that doesn't happen in the European car well, world anymore because there's not also, as much support for that stuff here. Yeah, I would say a bigger part of it is the demographic that builds street rods and hot rods. It's the older generation. Right, but in Europe, that's the older generation. They're building those cars. There's, oh, so I it's mean, the same thing. It's it's similar. I mean, there's a lot of young kids that do both sides. You know, domestic right. and no, there is. But that's their that's their. I see what you mean. That's their hot rods. Is the yeah. is the golfs and the yep. and the E30s and, it's, and because it's and all their that stuff. classic. They don't because that's what they have. That's what yeah. they have. No, that makes sense. That's a good kind of you, explanation. Of, you build what you're growing up with. Right. So here, but I would say my point is the difference isn't necessarily the platform but it is kind of interest has waned i mean there's still you know i don't think so there's still people that are into cars but if you're yearning after like a like you said a mark 7 gti or volkswagen or something or even a new honda civic i mean it's like you said there's not as much that you can do you can't do a full you know well doesn't there aren't any body on frame cars anymore but you can't do a full frame off restoration of these cars because it, it just well, There's not brand, enough you can do with brand it. New right? anyway. We're talking about brand new cars. I don't know. I guess my point is maybe what people are willing to put into the hobby has changed as well. I, those, some of those, you got to keep in mind, these people are putting $4,000 wheels and $5,000 air ride setups on these cars. Yeah. They're putting a lot into it, but it's just, it's the things have shifted away from, and I think it's by, not by desire, but it's just, what are you going to compete with? Who has the most expensive wheels? Who's got the best air ride setup? What else do you do beyond that? Who's who's yeah. got the most Instagram followers? Well, I was going to bring do? that up too. What do you I do? I was going to say people may not be as interested in these shows anymore because it's basically social media. Like, why would I go to a show to the see shows all these are, cars? Shows are they are popular. There are shows and there are popular shows. Yeah. So it's not that. Okay. It's, so you're just saying you you're commenting there's a, a lack of quality or there's there not. is there's a lack okay. of lack of quality lack of creativity and. That that's sad. I think. I think it's really yeah. sad that there's the identity of the car 
is something that you could really see. And it's just, it's it's hard to make that impact now, which is why you see some really dumb shit being done. Oh, yeah. It's because people are struggling for attention. So you end up with like. Well, it's just trying to do something unique as well. Right. And well, there's also uh, shame has started to disappear from society. You know, shame used to be a powerful motivator for <laughs> a lot of different things to not do things. <laughs> and now it, it went from this is and this is an entire world of complaints. But you have you have people that you can't shame anything anymore because because now you're bullying you're bullying so you can't you can't yep. so or not only that or like it's all inclusive right 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 you gotta and just appreciate everyone's interests exactly i know so, what you mean that's an interesting interesting it's, it's almost it's it. almost considered noble to do something to make people wild. angry to yeah. make people angry or piss someone off or to ruin something it makes them it's it, <laughs> it's it's noble to do that it's noble to think outside of the box and you have to do pretty wild stuff to get noticed these days because everything looks the same. Yeah, is, I would agree. Which is kind of sad. So, well, sh- yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that. So maybe on that note, we'll run another uh, one of our sponsors here. Yeah, let's do it. Luther Westside Volkswagen is the number one Volkswagen dealership in the country. They have the best selection of European cars in the Twin Cities. They have a unique inventory for all your needs. Uh, They also have a brand new facility that you should come check out today. They have friendly sales staff that are comprised of true enthusiasts who support the local scene. They're into autocrossing, SCCA. They're great guys that'll work with you on finding your next car. You can find them at westsidevw.com. So next week, I'm going to be going up to see Chris Rungi, and we're going to talk about having him on the podcast. He wants to come down, awesome. and I think it's finally time. I think we've got enough, you know, momentum here that I'm going to start uh, you tapping. You said you have, yeah, some other. Um, I start tapping the resources of some guests that I can have. I know there's right, some people have that some have wanted to do it. Right, you contacts that are going to be really cool to hear on the show. Yep, yep. So maybe we'll start working on that. Um, and on that note, um, I'm going to tell you guys, go give us some good reviews. You know, rate us, tell your friends. That's, you know, that's how we've been growing Absolutely. every single week. And beyond that, I mean, feel free to join the conversation. We love to read feedback, and maybe we'll read your message on the air next time. Um, So join us on Facebook, Instagram. You can find us all over there. Yep. Take care, guys.